So you brought this up before the show started. Notre Dame has made history. They've officially booked their place in the ACC championship game in its first ever season as a conference member. Uh, the Fighting Irish will be in the field Saturday, December 19th in Charlotte with a chance not only to play its way into the college football playoffs, but to win the ACC for the first time in program history. And how'd they do it, Rowdy? Well, they <laughs> the Fighting Irish had two games left on the schedule at home against Syracuse. This weekend and at Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons on December 12th. But with the latest adjustment from the ACC schedule, it removed their December 12th game uh, from the Demon Deacons from their slate. And now Notre Dame is good to go. Pretty wild. Yeah, you know, it's pretty funny, actually. So the ACC, they came out and, and changed the schedule, like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. They took a game away from Notre Dame. So now Notre Dame... On Saturday, plays Syracuse, which Syracuse is terrible. <laughs> Notre Dame, Notre Dame is favored by like five touchdowns. Yeah. So Notre Dame, you would have to imagine if they don't easily roll, they still win the game. Yeah. So they're going to be undefeated, and I'm sure inserted into the ACC championship, like you just said. Yeah. Then you look at Clemson, the other heavyweight in the ACC. They have one game against a, a 500 Virginia team. They're over a three-touchdown favorite. You'd have to imagine they roll in that game and, and probably would come in the following week and be ready to play in the ACC. Yeah. What they really did by taking those games away was ensure that Clemson and Notre Dame would play in the ACC championship game no doubt. and they would get a rematch of that overtime game in which Notre Dame won, but this time Clemson would have Trevor Lawrence. And not only would they <laughs> ensure that these two teams would play in the ACC championship game, a Clemson win in the ACC championship game would probably ensure that Notre Dame and Clemson are both in the college football oh. playoff. Isn't that funny that there's a conference out there when, so funny. when there's not a ton of money coming in because you don't have fans in the stands are doing everything they can to make more money to for their conference those to get ratings, those two eyes on the TV, teams the into the college football playoff. Yet the Big Ten is trying to hamper their best team in Ohio State from even qualifying from their championship game. It's it's insane. So the ACC the Big Ten is ass backwards. Yeah, the Big Ten the Big Ten's royally screwed it all up this year. Uh, the ACC says this will be done to quote preserve the integrity of the ACC football championship game by evaluating each of the three teams in contention because Miami is in contention uh, based on their nine game conference schedule. So Miami is scheduled to play at Duke this Saturday, then host North Carolina on December twelfth. But the Hurricanes would need Clemson to lose at Virginia Tech in order to keep their hopes of making the ACC championships alive. Uh, as it stands on Notre Dame has already clinched one of the two spots, and Clemson will get the other with a win in Blacksburg. Yeah, and the ACC helped them out because yeah. technically Clemson was supposed to play Florida State. Now, granted, they should win both those games, but you never know. Another huge outbreak of COVID, maybe uh, yeah. they don't win. Okay, so so no divisions for the ACC. That They decided their championship game participants for um, the 15-team standings would be determined by a winning percentage and with a certain threshold of games played in order to participate. So all three teams that are in contention have at least one game postponed due to COVID-19. So the ACC is deciding to cut all their schedules short so there is no discrepancy in the games played. They they know exactly, they know what, exactly they're what they're doing, doing. and they're is they're making wrong? sure they make they try to make the best amount of money with the two biggest teams that are ranked in the top four. Is it bad? Is that a bad thing though? I mean, it's it's kind of a as an outsider looking in, you're kind of like, okay, well, you should probably in theory at least play it out. There are two teams that both Notre Dame and Clemson should roll. Yeah, but I get what they're doing. It just doesn't. It just makes you angry as a Big Ten fan. Because the Big Ten Conference hasn't tried to prop up any team in their conference, let alone allow them to play and play a, a full schedule. Yeah, the bi- <laughs> it's it's funny about the Big Ten is because I, I feel like they're still salty that they're playing. And obviously, if when you see the um, college football playoff rankings come out, they still have Ohio State on there. You know who wants Ohio State You know, in the college football playoffs? The college football players because they want to make more money, right? Yeah, they the, the Big Ten's football, like I don't want the Big Ten doesn't want anything to do with them right now. College football playoffs, they keep coming out with the same top four, even when there have been games canceled. Now for Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Yeah, and that's because those are the four teams they want. Those yeah. are those are probably the four best teams in the country, regardless. <laughs> but those are the four teams they want. I mean, they have Alabama from the SEC. You have your SEC heavyweight. 
You have Nick Saban. Yeah, it's Alabama. We know it. You have Clemson. They've been the second best team in the last decade. Yep. Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Those are big storylines. Obviously, Ohio State is your Big Ten country. It's Jason Day, Justin Fields. You, great younger head coach, mm-hmm. a guy that's in the Heisman race. Mm-hmm. It's Ohio State, the best team in the Big Ten. And then you have your Notre Dame, the independent that has their own uh, channel they play on in NBC National for the appeal. longest time. National appeal. Everyone loves Notre them. Notre Dame is is a huge powerhouse for 100 years. Yeah. That's the four teams they want. Now they join the ACC for this one season. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, all right, we're cutting your schedule short. You, uh, you're good. You're in the championship game. They know what they're doing. They're trying to make money. Yeah, those are those are the probably the best four teams in the country if they played a normal season. Yep. And they're four of the biggest, more famous teams in the country. They want eyes. They want money, and it makes sense. Yep, it does. All right, we'll keep talking about it. We all, also <laughs> and, the, and if there's one team, in my opinion, that doesn't make it to the college football playoff, it'll be like Ohio State because the Big Ten says no. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. watch something like that happen. All right, we'll keep talking college football. Wisconsin has uh, Indiana, the Hoosiers, on their docket Saturday. I know we were just kind of talking through it right there, but, yeah, North – I'm sorry, not North Dakota. Notre Dame is now in. I mean, they're in the championship game because basically the ACC made it that way for them. Yeah, and what, they canceled games and, and they said you're in. And what that does is basically puts Notre Dame in the college football playoff. Yeah, it's 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 insane because you Well, it's not insane. It's, I I, I kind of like it. Don't do you like well, it? Well, you would imagine with them saying, "Hey, Notre Dame, you're in the ACC. You're going to beat Syracuse, who you're a five touchdown favorite against. Yeah. So then you're automatically you don't have to play the last game. You're automatically in the ACC championship game. You then will be playing Clemson, where if you beat Clemson again, you're obviously in. Mm-hmm. If you lose to Clemson, well now it's a team that you're one and one against, and you're two of the top four teams in the country. We can't move you out of the college football playoff. No. I, well, okay. So looking at this, the front page. ESPN.com, front page, first article, Ohio State remains the biggest X factor in status quo college football playoff rankings. Now, Rowdy, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if Ohio State gets one more game canceled, they're not eligible for the Big Ten title game, correct? Correct. Let's say that happens. Do you think that Ohio State would still get one of the spots, the fourth spot into the college football playoffs? Do I think they would? I do think they would. And normally, in a a normal season, I would say if you don't play in your your conference championship game, Uh you shouldn't be allowed in the college football playoff because you're obviously not a top four team. Well, we saw that with Alabama. But but in this weird, yeah, this weird COVID season and just how stupid and asinine the Big Ten Conference has been about this whole year. I have no issue with them putting them in the college football playoff because it's their their conference and the commissioner that aren't allowing them to play in these games. Yeah, that are making these dumb rules. Now the Buckeyes resumed team activities yesterday and are preparing to play Saturday at Michigan State against the Spartans. Uh, but the status of the game remains uncertain because Ohio State is still monitoring their COVID nineteen outbreaks within their program. But if Ohio State has that third game canceled this season, the Buckeyes won't meet the six-game you know, benchmark to qualify. But if that happens, it's still possible for Ohio State to finish 6-0 and because they can still beat Michigan in its regular season finale and add another win to the resume weekend, uh, resume of the weekend of December 18-19 when all the Big Ten teams play one additional game. So Ohio State, the only thing they'll be missing, missing out of their equation is the conference title game. But... What is it? Ohio State hasn't. When's the last time Ohio State played? They didn't play last weekend. Did they play the weekend before? Yeah, it was the weekend before. Yeah. So Ohio State, they're still in the college football. They're still ranking them in the college football playoffs. If they don't play in the Big Ten title game, okay, let me ask you another question then. The Big Ten, who has flubbed this up royally, it should be all or nothing, right? I mean, like what they did with their schedule, the first one, their readjusted schedule with bye weeks built in. They had it right. They had it correct, and then they came back, canceled it. If they would, if they would have went with the original plan, which was the ten game in conference, mm-hmm. and they would have started three bye weeks, yeah, where they would have started what they originally done, they'd be in the same boat with the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the ACC. Yes. <laughs> so if if Ohio State doesn't make the Big Ten title game, 
because of a game canceled, they will still get into the college football playoffs. Who else? Who would take their spot? Who is better than them? Even with even with playing, who is better than them? I mean, there really isn't a team. Let's, uh, I mean, I mean, you can go to the rankings and your your top. F- we'll go with the top ten. So you know the top four. Number five is Texas A and M. Number six is Florida. Number seven is Cincinnati. Number eight is Georgia. Number nine is Iowa State. Number ten is Miami. Who even None of those teams are better than Ohio Who State. Who has a chance against Ohio State? None of them. The only team that I think would actually have a, a legit chance playing Ohio State out of those teams would probably be Florida, yeah, just because they Florida. can score. I. It's it's funny of everything going on, and then you have the ACC. The ACC is manufacturing Notre Dame in. They they've done it. But I have, I honestly don't have a problem with it. If I was a who did they cancel their games against Notre Dame? It was um, Syracuse or no Wake they Forest. They Syracuse this and they week. They canceled against Wake. They Forest, canceled Wake, which is on December twelfth. The Demon Deacons. I mean, Notre Dame would annihilate the Demon Deacons. They would crush them. You think this is a thing? They're saying, all right, we we're trying to give the best teams in there. We're going to give them a bye week before their what would that be? Their title game against. Um, Clemson, right? Yeah, basically, I think they're trying to say, hey, we're going to give both Notre Dame and Clemson a bye week before the ACC championship game. Basically saying, make sure you have your prep ready and make sure you have your crap together with COVID. Yeah, because if there is a COVID outbreak, they have a week. Because they, they only have to do 10 days, right? It's The Big yeah. Ten, you got to wait 21 days. If yeah, you did COVID-19. you see what the CDC said, too, by you, the way? You only have to wait seven days. Now, now it's seven days. Seven days. Yeah, what was that? It's... um. But guess what? If you're in the Big Ten, you got to wait another 20. two more weeks. Yeah, the CDC has come out to say, instead of waiting 10 days now, it's now seven days. So the CDC is shortening COVID-19 quarantine to 10. <laughs> will decrease the uh, coronavirus quarantine timeline from 14 to 7 to 10 days. It's seven if um, you have no symptoms and negative tests. Yeah, so what, what a but long the Big Ten's 21 time. Days. The Big Ten has you sit out 21 days, but now the CDC says a seven would be would be fine. The CDC that <laughs> that uh, if you if you if you if you breathe one question about the CDC, people scream in your face about it. Do you remember like? But the CDC says seven days. Do you remember like a month Big ago? Big Ten says 21. When Wisconsin completely rolled Illinois, and we were talking about the potential college football playoff matchups. And I said, I think it's going to come down to Alabama and then potentially either two teams from the ACC or two teams from the big 10. And I, because I thought, you know, Ohio state and Wisconsin, depending on how that game went, I could see two teams like that getting in. Yeah. But I could also see depending on how the Notre Dame Clemson, because they had to play each other in theory twice. Yeah. went, I could see two ACC teams getting in. Mm -hmm. And I really think it's Alabama and two Big Ten and two ACC teams fighting for those basically three spots for four teams. Yeah. Well, Wisconsin lost and isn't eligible. Yep, no other done. no other team in the Big Ten, especially when Indiana loses Penix Jr., no in other my, team is in make, my is, opinion, yeah. is good enough to make the college football playoff besides Ohio State. And then you just had ACC actively help both their teams make the college football playoff. I don't think the top four changes the rest of the season. I think those are your top four teams. Yeah, I, I the agree only with thing you. that you that could potentially change is the ranking order. Yeah, based yeah, on I totally how agree. Notre Dame and Clemson play and beat each other. Yeah, uh, the Big Ten flubbed it up, and now you know you got to wait. You still have to wait 21 days, despite heart doctors saying that there's so there's no literally like such minute cases with the heart issue that they're recommending that they don't even do it. The CDC. Coming out now, according to senior administrations at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, new guidelines are set to be released as soon as yesterday will allow people who have come in contact with someone infected with the virus to resume normal activity after 10 days or seven days if they receive a negative test result. That's down from the 14-day period to, to quarantine. But if you're in the Big Ten, you have to wait 21 days despite showing no symptoms and having negative tests. And yet the Big Ten thinks they're all high and mighty, puffing their chest out like they did something right when they had kids sit out for three weeks. But we, we're supposed to listen to the CDC, correct, Rowdy? And the scientists. Scientists say are saying seven to ten days now. Big Ten, 21. Despite all of this. Okay. Well, I think in this last calendar year, I've heard the word science more than ever in any science class I ever took. Science! Blinded me with science. We're going cold. I can just feel it in the air. Is this 
Wisconsin hockey legend, Barry Richter. What is going on, Evo? Yes. Good morning. Barry! I was like, this is either Scott or Barry. But I could feel hey. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel the energy. I could I could I could feel the good hair flow. Barry Richter coming through. What's up, Barry? How we doing today, man? Doing good, doing good, Evo. How you guys doing? I'm very doing well. I'm on cloud nine, man. Badgers get a nice little victory. I get to play Foo Fighters Everlong. Weeks you, flying by. How you feeling, Rowdy? I feel good. The Barry. McRib's out? The McRib is out today, Barry. The McRib is back, baby. What do we think? I love, Actually, my kids love the McRib. I showed it to them on uh, on on the internet, you know what I mean? Take a little <laughs> look at this McRib. Look at the stamped, look at the stamped patty with the, the sauce and the little onions on top of it and the bun. Ooh, don't forget I mean, the pickles. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love the McRib. Extra actually, napkins. My, my 12-year-old daughter laughs about the McRib. Hey, Barry, <laughs> Nelson and I are going to go get a McRib for lunch today. You're invited, you know, if you want to come, brother. I'll, oh I'll buy God. you one. My stomach's gurgling, man. <laughs> my stomach's gurgling on that. Oh, my God. Hey, Bear, so, um, I want to talk some Wisconsin hockey, obviously, that I got you, man. But it's nice. Uh, we gave Mark Strobel the week off. It's nice to just get the full dosage of Barry Richter. I know, like, Strobel the last two weeks have joined us, and it's kind of – I wouldn't say silenced you, but Strobel, you know, was taking the lead. It's nice to finally get you one-on-one, Barry. I guess there's three of us here. Three-on-one, Barry. So uh, thank you for joining us to talk some Wisconsin hockey. Um, when you look at that uh, series against Arizona State, what what would we say about this? Five to eight a loss and then one to three. What do you think about this loss, uh, the series loss to Arizona State? All right, let's break it down. Let's break it down here. A lot, lot to unwrap during yes. this Christmas holiday Edition, I guess, right? I don't know. I just, anyways. Uh, <laughs> You've been doing so, this for a while, Richter. You're getting it, man. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Well, here's the thing. There are some COVID issues. So I don't know if you guys read. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 when you throw, you know, uh, Bice out and Tark Baker, who's one of the captains, both of them are captains. You throw them out of the mix, and then including uh, uh, Dylan Holloway, who's still going to be gone for the rest of uh, 2020 because he's going to be up at the trying out for the. Team Canada for the World Junior Championships, so he's he's out. So you have Bice and Holloway, who are top two centers for the Badgers, are gone. Centermen are very very important to hockey because you know they take the faceoffs, which is puck possession, very very important. And then also they work out, uh, they help out in terms of defensively down low defensemen. And so you take those two guys off. All right. So that being said, yes, they're they're stacked against things, but. I just didn't like the way the boys played a little, you know, because they had the defenseman intact. They only had three lines. Um, that is another thing to to say here. When you take out all those players because of COVID, you know, I, I believe only one was positive, but the other ones yeah. did have to. And uh, and thank close God, like, contact or whatever. Yes, and like you guys were talking about uh, with the with the new CDC, which has lowered the 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 amount of time. Hopefully, there can be some adjustments with the uh, with the Big Ten conferences here. So. With that being said, they had three lines instead of four lines, and you could see some fatigue over the weekend. Still, at the end of the day, um, I, I just don't. I, I, the boys got to play a lot better defensively. I, I see some uh, repetitive uh, mistakes that are happening, yeah, and and mistakes that uh, they're not. They have nothing to do with skill. Evo and uh, RJ and Nelly. Nothing really, to do nothing with, to do with sk- Well, I guess you would know nope. what you're talking about, Barry. I mean, hell, you played well, for the no. Olympic and, team in the NHL. And, yeah, I, 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 I kind of noticed it. It looks like they reverted to some of those just errant passes right back to the middle of the ice uh, rather than trying to clear it. Uh, and it just looked a little sloppy than, than what we even saw when you look at uh, the sweep at the hands of Michigan. I mean, at least in that series, they still looked a, a little more competent on the ice when trying to get the puck out of the zone. Confident. So. Yeah. Well, and 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 you're right, RJ. I think. That, listen, and when when you take, I, I believe it was four or five. Might have been five. I might have been missing another player here. I, I think. I think that's there. I think it's yeah. You Holloway, who yeah, for nice. some reason had to leave for a month, even though Michigan has a Canadian-born player who gets to play and not go to the month-long yep. camp. Like, RJ, you're doing your homework. How does that make sense? Is, is, that, that, make is sense? that more or less they want Holloway there because he's going to make the team and this other guy probably doesn't have a shot? Or or is it a conspiracy the theory and they're trying to sabotage or the, or the us? Or the opposite, and they're just like, eh, you, screw Wisconsin. You got a spot. This well, let, me give you some, let, let me give you some... Uh, you know, just first of all, Canada hockey up in Canada. I've always said that to you guys. I played up there. It is uh, it is NFL. 
uh, times ten. Yeah. So just 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 magnify to that. The World Junior Championships are played in Edmonton this year. Dylan Holloway is drafted, I believe, from Edmonton. I believe he's drafted from Edmonton. So a lot of pressure, or maybe he's in Calgary. I'm not sure, but anyways, it's close. It's in the Alberta province, so let's just put it that way. And there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you were correct, Edmonton. Do you got your Canada uh, Canada map out right now? You just going through it? <laughs> no, I don't. But uh, how many? Do you guys know how many provinces are in Canada? Seven. Five. I, I might be up to eleven, boys. I'm not I sure. Thought it was like, anyways, I was going to guess Google twelve. It's it's really up there. So, the last trouble, anyway, he flies around a lot. Next time he's on, he does fly around. So he <laughs> so that, with that being said, yes, there is a double standard with Dylan Holloway, uh, and and also his pressure. I believe he's feeling just because of um, he's drafted by Edmonton. The World Junior Championships are up in Edmonton, so just a lot of pressure, right? So that's that being said, you take your top centerman away from the team. And getting back to RJ's comments is, uh, you know, the Aaron passes, that's a little bit of skill, right? I mean, that's some skill. Now, you can be smart about it and maybe go off the glass and chip it off the board and keep it out of the middle. But when you're making passes through the middle, you got to have tape-to-tape, uh, you know, t- type of passes, yeah. right? Now, that being said, there's some guys that were playing center that were wingers. And you really saw some disconnect, uh, miscommunication down low, so you have what happened here. You had a disarray of players, you know, not playing the same positions that they're always playing. And then the defensive zone, it was really, really apparent in terms of the miscommunication. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, you shouldn't leave the front area or the house, as, yeah. ta- as, as Coach Strobel was talking about. You just can't leave that area, ex- area exposed. And, and that's where they got some goals that were just and, – and, and, frankly, you got to back check. You uh, got to back check. So I, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I know RJ has something on the tip of his tongue, but first, I, I, we pulled it up. There are um, 10 provinces and three territories, so for a grand total of 13 in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, the more so you I'm... know. RJ, was that what you going to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was actually a hockey okay, question. Okay, good. All right, good. Of, That's you, why we got Barry Richter here. You meant, because normally it's four lines of forwards, right? Correct. So, Correct. like, when you're doing that kind of jumbling, I mean, especially on, you know, a short week, it's like... The chemistry there. I mean, how how long would you say uh, for a line? You know, because I know during the season, if lines aren't getting the production done, they sh- they jumble them up. But I mean, you're just coming off a series sweep of Penn State where everything looked like it was going right. How how much of a factor would line chemistry be in with taking away a, a whole line, uh, moving the two defenders in uh, amongst those three lines for? you know, taking minutes every however many lines they did, because I don't think they were on a line regularly. But the chemistry-wise between now those three jumbled-up lines in three days, uh, I mean, how big is the chemistry? How big is a chemistry factor amongst, like, the line? Yeah, it's huge. That that is, you know, you're clipping along, you have have something going, uh, the top line is doing very well, and then all of a sudden it gets blown up, right? Mm-hmm. And it's huge. You saw it. It just it it wasn't the same. And and all of a sudden you're going, and then boom! Within two days you're like, okay, we don't have the same same guys here wow. and the same rotation going. So it, it 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 is a factor. Don't get me wrong. It is a factor. Yeah, they dressed, I believe, eight defensemen. So two defensemen, the seventh and eighth defensemen actually went up and played forward a couple shifts, <laughs> um, which I used to do back in the day. I mean, I, I played both. Because you got all those hat tricks, Barry. Yeah, exactly, man. And this, but these guys don't know. I mean, these guys are real true defensemen, and and so to throw them up at forward, uh, the fourth line, and typically in games, they don't. They only play maybe, you know, five, maybe up to eight minutes, maybe a little bit higher in college hockey. They do play a little bit more. You saw a little bit of fatigue. Uh, the, the boys were taking a little bit longer shifts than they should be because they were just. Sometimes you try too hard, right? And 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 I, th- and I think they they got in the way of themselves a little bit um, instead of playing a simple game with a shortened bench. And then also also with that chemistry, it was it was still just uh, you know a lot of things against them. So when you, when that happens, you need good goaltending. Uh, and I and and I, you saw the coaches that got interviewed in between the periods and everything. I think they felt like uh, Robbie Baydoon didn't have the strongest of. The first game, which was an eight-five shootout, was an absolute uh, super exciting game for fans, I guess, because yeah. you got thirteen goals. <laughs> <laughs> but as a coach or a defensive coach, you're you're sort of scratching your head. Uh, and I know Robbie Bedoon would rather have would have a couple of those back that were scored on him. So 
when you're down, you're shorthanded, you need your goalie to almost to play over and above beyond his head uh, to try to keep you in the game, and, and that just didn't happen. They didn't pot some power play goals. And it just, they, looked, they looked out of sorts. So, unfortunately, it was, well, just a, it was a bad weekend. Uh, Barry Richter joining us right now, Wisconsin hockey legend. Barry, I don't want to make excuses, you know, but w- would it be safe to say if we don't have COVID-19, the Badgers are looking at a little different result uh, as they're not losing, you know, five guys? <laughs> yeah, no, they are. I mean, they are. If you put Holloway in the mix also, he doesn't have COVID, but if you – Baker and Bice are a big are a big uh, miss. Uh, Mersh, yeah, he plays on the fourth line, but he does add some stability, and he's uh, yeah. he's been there and he's played a couple years, right? So when when you take those, oh Roman Ashan, sorry, I missed that other one. That was the one I was looking for. Come on, RJ, you got to do your homework. You got to tell me that guy. You got to tell <laughs> me that RJ. What the hell, RJ? You got the number right. I knew it was five guys because it was four <laughs> due to one positive COVID with. Three tracings well, and Holloway hey, was. We got to we got to get Barry a pass. The McRibs back. <laughs> that is right? true. Everybody's off today. The McRibs back, Barry. Obviously, <laughs> it's this in the frontal lobe right there. So Barry, last time that the Badgers went on the road, that was uh, to start the season at Notre Dame in South Bend, and they swept the Fighting Irish. Now Wisconsin on the road again. As tomorrow they're at uh, Columbus to take on Ohio State for a two game set. What do we see uh, happening? Well, Ohio State's a rebuilding program, and but you got a hell of a coach in Steve Rollick there, who uh, who was my captain uh, oh, here for cool, the 1990 dude. team, the 1990 team that won. And Strobes, Strobes coached there too, right? Yep, Strobes coached there, and uh, and you know Steve very very well. Steve's a, a great hockey mind, born and raised in Minnesota, and uh, has done uh, done a fantastic job in uh, at Ohio State. That being said, I have heard it's a rebuilding year, mm-hmm. but. Make no uh, bones about it. Uh, Rollick is going to have his team ready to rock and roll, uh, especially anytime he plays against his former alma mater, the Badgers. So it's, it's going to be a test. Uh, I don't know if these players are cleared or not yet. Uh, the ones that were uh, contact traced, you know, traced and the, they get their tests uh, every day. Sure. They do get their tests every day. So hopefully they can get some of these players back in the lineup and, and help out. So it, I, I see a battle. It's going to be a battle. Um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough series. And once again, you're going to have to have some really good goaltending. And as you guys have always heard it, when you are playing on the road, and now it's minus the fans, so it's a little bit different, so you don't have the fans all over you. But the, usually the home team comes out flying the first five, ten minutes and just dumps it and puts you up against the glass and puts a lot of shots on net. And if you're not ready to rock and roll in the beginning of that game, you're going you're gonna to face some adversity. So they got to weather the storm first ten minutes. Hopefully uh, Robbie Vadun uh, can can withstand it, and uh, and the team can withstand it. Stay out of the box, and uh, and and keep the puck uh, two hundred feet away. Let's get so ready to rock and roll. Get ready to rock and roll, rock and rollers. <laughs> did, Barry, did you see one of the top hockey recruits in the state of Minnesota chose to come to Wisconsin to play football? <laughs> he well, he had you know off, what? he had offers from the Gophers in both football and hockey. And chose to come to Wisconsin to play football. Okay. So, so interesting enough, uh, <laughs> I was talk. I was uh, over the course of the summer. I did hear about this uh, player, and I don't know the name and everything. And Jake Retzlaff. Yep. And uh, and and actually, a, a business partner of mine out of Minnesota, not partner, but uh, another uh, agency owner, insurance agency owner, lives in the same block uh, as as this as this guy or the family, so to speak. And he was struggling. You know, he wants to play both. Yeah. He wants to play both, and so, but the football seems to be his first love. But don't, don't be, uh, I would not be surprised if this kid plays hockey also, if they let him play hockey. No way, cool. Um, I, know. I would not be surprised, but I don't, right now I would say no, but I would not be surprised cool, if somehow man. I, he does. I think the last person cool. that did that uh, for just a little bit was Robbie Lertzema. Yep, Rob Lertzema. Look at yeah, RJ over Robbie here Lertzema. dropping knowledge, Barry. RJ's bringing it today. Dude. <laughs> he looked odd on skates. He was a defensive lineman. And, but, I mean, he grew up playing hockey. He just looked like a weird body on skates. Man. Yeah. Yeah, when we, and when once in a while, uh, unbeknownst to the uh, UW Athletic Department, but these are the things that you could do back in the day. And over the holidays <laughs> right now, we'd have, uh, after the season, we'd have probably about 10 days off in between games. Uh, you know, probably, like maybe from the 20th to the, to maybe the third of January, and we would grab a couple of those basketball guys, or football <laughs> guys. We would throw some skates on there, one down the the goaltending pads and everything. And uh, you did that when you were in school. Yeah, we did. Was that your dad? School, wait, yeah. Barry, was your dad be like, hey, hey, hey? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Oh, he didn't. He had no idea. <laughs> Not, one was my roommate, Andrew Kilbride, who played basketball, but. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyways, football guys could be great guys in front of the net. You just you just tell them to put their sticks down and uh, and cover up and block and screen the goalie, and maybe they can get a couple goals. You never know. <laughs> yeah, did, did you ever you see know. a football guy take a slap shot right to the face? He's like, yeah, I don't think I'm doing this Done. again. <laughs> <laughs> where's my yeah. Where's my helmet? Where's my face mask, man? <laughs> well, all right, Barry. It was awesome to hear from you, dude. It was nice to get a full dosage of Barry. We love ourselves some strobes, but, I mean, Barry, you're our true love here when it comes to Wisconsin hockey, my brother. Well, thanks. We got to get back to some food fighters. Enough of the doors and uh, Strobe's backdoor man. You know what yeah. I mean? It didn't. It didn't pull through last time. So let's get a little uh, food fighters going for him. Hopefully, the Badger hockey team can get some wins. They got a couple more games coming up. Also, uh, Michigan State on the eighth and ninth. So we got a lot of games coming up. Looking forward to talking to you guys next week. Very uh, a pleasure. And if the mood does strike and you're around the west side around eleven o'clock, I would love to buy you a McRib. If not, no worries, my friend. Well, I, I, how about a McRib, and how about the how about mom's famous Lufsa? It's in my fridge. It's in my fridge. It's in my fridge, Barry. Oh, man. I'll have I'm to meet have up. to make a special appearance for that. <laughs> All right, brother. Nice hearing from you, Barry. See you later, All right, man. take care, guys. There Bye. he is, oh, Barry Richter, my man. Wisconsin hockey legend. Badgers get it done last night. 40-point victory. Hey, RJ, what's up, dude? You know. You watched that game yesterday late evening, yeah. early night? Sure did. Pretty nice, wasn't it? It was nice to finally see the Badgers. I mean, they both of games previous to that, there was no question about them winning the game. But it was nice to see them, I don't know, blow the doors off of the Phoenix of Green Bay. Yeah, like you guys mentioned earlier, uh, a little bit of a slow start. Yeah. But <laughs> that first 10 minutes. Yeah. Look out. And then it was like. <laughs> but then the route was hard. Oh, okay. Let's play some basketball. And Brad oh. Davison's the one that really got it started. He started knocking down threes yeah. and, and step back jumpers. And then it seemed like once he hit, I think it was three shots in a row for the Badgers or yep. something close to that. Then it's like the floodgates opened and, and then it was like good night, Green Potter. Bay. It was Micah yeah. Potter, Tyler Wall, uh, you know Nate Reavers, Aleem Ford was hitting some deep shots. Demetric, Tri- dude, Demetric Trice passing to Micah Potter is just sick. That guy was just balling out there. Yeah, it was. Um, they were just vibing. It was nice to see. Have you ever seen so many Wisconsin freshmen block basketballs? Yeah, it was a like block party up, out there. Straight up blocking guy. I guess. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen. That many Badger, any class blocking that many basketballs. Obviously, Reavers and Potter, they're going to have some blocks. But I guess it was the underclassmen. Tyler Wall had multiple blocks. Ben Carlson was had Ben Carlson had a big huge block. SWAT. Johnny so, Davis had a block. There's a lot of blocks out there by a lot of young players. Yeah, it was good, man. It was um, it was nice to see the Badgers just vibing and um. Tyler Wall is crushing it, dude. I asked Rowdy this, and Rowdy's like, well, let's pump the brakes. Let's, you know, baby steps here. Tyler Wall gets his first double-double. Do you think Tyler Wall could be the second Badger player ever to get a triple-double? I mean, the dude was balling last night, but it was against UW-Green Bay. True, but... Who do you think has a better shot at getting a double-double? Tyler Wall? Triple-double or or double-double? Triple-double, sorry. Triple-double. Tyler Wall or in another game like one of these, uh, Reavers with like 10 rebounds... 10 points oh, and then 10, 10 blocks. Swats. I'd probably say Reavers because you get more minutes. <laughs> yeah. And right. so there's some points in some of these games against these low-level competition where that's all he's going for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, he's just selling out party. on the SWAT. Mm-hmm. Just, just SWATing everywhere. Um, he's like, I only need three more for this record. Wow. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's uh, Nate Reavers. Like, he loves throwing out some block parties out there. I like how um, after the game, uh, Phoenix's head coach, Will Ryan, Bo Ryan's son, Will Ryan said, I jokingly asked guard to take it easy on us, and they obviously did not. <laughs> they just demolished did, him. By did not do that. 40 points. Great guard, well, the silent he, assassin. He did Was I mean, he did uh, say that in his press post-game press conference. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Like, uh, Greg guard should be like, you know, I didn't exactly know what to do. You know, I did put in Jordan Davis late, <laughs> and he's supposed to be Johnny's you know, quote-unquote, worst brother, yeah. and he actually had more points. Sorry, he was hitting threes from the <laughs> corner. Sorry. Worst brother? <laughs> He's oh, the yeah, worst brother. People can see you do the air quotes. So. Yeah, the, the quote-unquote. I saw this. And it's like he's not a good basketball player, but, yeah. I mean, he comes in and then he hits a three from the corner, and it's like, huh, this guy Go could be pretty three. good. I saw this. It was uh, the kid on the court. It was like, uh, was it Lucas Stieber? Lucas Stieber? Uh, for the Phoenix, uh, he is Dick Bennett's grandson. Uh, Jim Polzine tweeted this out. I chuckled. He said, did anyone think a game featuring Bo Ryan's son coaching against Bo Ryan's protege with Dick Bennett's grandson playing in it was going to be high scoring? 
No, that's that's exactly <laughs> yes. why when we were yes. up here and me and we were all talking about it and I go, I'd probably lean Green Bay just because the Badgers for the most part don't really blow anyone out and lean the under. The under was like 148. They barely got to 120. Oh my God. I, I didn't know if UW Green Bay was going to get to 40 points. Because it, well, it was like nearing, what were the, what well, was the score? Half time, Yeah, I was like, I don't know if they're going to get there, dude. I don't know if they'll get to 40 points. Because remember, I joked yesterday, like, what is this game going to be, like 40-something to 20-something? Oh, UW-Green Bay held up their end of the bargain. The Badgers are like, nah, we're going to put the, nah, we're we're put the hurt on them right there. And Tyler Wall looked good, man. Tyler Wall grew an inch and put on 15 pounds over the summer. And uh, he had been the talk of training camp. So it was nice to see Tyler Wall after two travels. I was like, dude, let's. I know there's no there's no fans in the stands, but you're you're like really well, playing out really, your game right here. Yeah, they said he really worked on his jump shot this summer too, or I guess this off season. Yeah, and he showed it. His shot so far through three games has looked a lot better. And the one that comes to mind, which I don't think he would have had any chance at making last year, was when he got the rebound late, and it was at the end of the shot clock, and it was a quick turnaround on the baseline. And he, he drilled it. Yeah, I don't think that's a play that he could have made last year. No, yeah, the the experience and the added weight and the I guess the the inch of growth worked out well for. And the he kid. also hit a couple shots from behind the arc, if I remember he correctly. He did. He did. Tyler Wall was looking right. good, man. He was looking really good. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Twitter is at Zone Madison. Nelson and I were trying to find anything that we could like, you know, nitpick or not really complain about. Cause I don't know how you really can complain about a 40 point victory. The only thing you could say, I guess, was the, what the first 10 minutes of that game where the Badgers had four turnovers and um, they, they just couldn't, couldn't hit the broad side of a park. Yeah, they couldn't get anything to go down. But then after that, Wisconsin closed out on a 19 to four run and the route was on as uh, yeah, they just took it to him, man. It was, yeah, and I mean, we watched it. You were talking about it. Brad Davison hitting some timely shots, and then you had Nate Reavers getting going, and then you had uh, you know Brad Davis or Demetri Trice, you know, finding Michael Potter with some sweet passes, and then it was honestly it turned into the Tyler Wall game. I mean, everyone did good. Everyone looked good. Even the end of the bench looked good. It was the Tyler Wall game, though. Tyler Wall with his first ever double double in just twenty minutes of action. Uh, comments from Greg Gard talking about Tyler Wall's big night. I thought Tyler, once he got through those first couple turnovers and I sat him down and just said, hey, calm down, slow down. You're trying to play way too fast. Once he went back in, it was for a while there, it was the Tyler Wall show. So, um, and, but that's the potential he has. He's very versatile. He's really athletic. You know, I think the experience last year has, has done wonders for him. Yeah, it's been nice. Tyler Wall over the offseason grew an inch. Now, I know that's uh, <laughs> that's up to nature. You can't really control that. But what he did control, put some more uh, meat on his body. Some more, some more muscle on that frame, and he, he's looking marketably better. He looked good last year, but he's looking better this year, Rowdy. I know it's against UW Green Bay, but still, you got to go out there and perform. Well, you said he grew an inch, and he looks a little thicker, and then when you talk about his performance so far for the, for the through the first three games compared to last year, last year he was a guy that you could play in the rotation, yeah. but he was more of a defensive player you didn't really ask him to do a whole lot on offense the jump shot didn't look particularly well or good but and that changed around that changed you heard that he had been working in the offseason on his jumper I mean he was five for seven last night one for two from three he had that tough turnaround jumper on the baseline when the shot clock was uh winding down got his board got his like, assist it looks like that jump shot has improved quite a bit and he still has that defensive uh, yeah. mindset. So, I mean, brings the energy. He's gotten a lot better, and it was probably from playing quite a bit last year as a freshman. <laughs> yeah, God. I mean, this first, two, he had two turnovers in the first half. It was two travels. I was like, man, you are a little too excited right now. Let's calm it down. Greg Gard just said that. And here's more uh, comments from Tyler Wall on what Garda was talking to him about. Yeah, I, I got subbed in, and Coach Garda actually said, bring some energy. You could tell that I guess the energy wasn't there the first couple minutes, and that's kind of been my role last year and a little bit this year is to bring up some energy to the team, to like the little things that I've always been known to do, I guess. Yeah, and then um, Tyler Wall talks here about uh, the defense leading to the offense. Our defense led to offense, and when that happens, you usually play better. So our team defense, everyone in their gaps, everyone in their help side, uh, it was just really good overall team effort on defense, steals, blocks, rebounds especially. And here's more from Gardo, you know, parroting that same, you know, well, I could just say Tyler Wall's parroting what Gardo's telling him. What we did on the defensive end ignited us pretty well, and um, – 
you know, then we got into a little rhythm. We got into a flow specifically there in the second half. But I said, well, we have to continue to touch the post through everybody. I mean, Trevor Anderson even posted a few times tonight. And he's the second smallest guy on the team. So it was, that was good to see. But I was really happy with what how we were able to create energy off our defense. And Trevor Anderson reminds me of that guy when you're playing a pickup game. And Trevor, like, there's that one guy who is just – He's he, he's he's definitely the guy that's not um was gifted the height in his genes, but he's out there and he's just like tenacious. He's like, dude, would you just chill out a little bit? You know that guy I'm talking about when you're playing pickup basketball, Rowdy? That guy that's just like the little Energizer bunny out there that just never stops. Uh, speaking of energy, Greg Gard, you know, talking there about their defense bringing it uh, and that bench. Here's more from Gardo on his bench. That's great contributions. That's a great sign of a of a good team that they can get a lot of contributions in a, in a lot of different ways. And everybody's happy to help. I said, we keep telling them just contribute however you can, whenever you can. Well, yeah, it's, I think nice they emptied out the whole bench. Yeah. Well, Let's see bottom even in the game. A majority of the guys on the roster played last night, but I think what you can take away from the first three games, just overall in general is the fact that Wisconsin early on in the season, Greg guards, not afraid to play 10 guys in rotation. Yeah, you're obviously you're starting five, which are all your upperclassmen. But then you have guys off the bench like Tyler Wall, Ben Carlson. You have Johnny Davis, Trevor Anderson's playing a lot of minutes. Even Stephen Crowell has been playing a little bit here. That's that's a ten guy rotation. I think when you get later into the into the season, that's going to pay dividends, especially if you do have anyone that gets into foul trouble. Yeah, everyone on everyone got minutes on the bench. I mean. Headstrom two, lot, Taphorn two, Higginbottom two. I mean, those were all late well, yeah, in the game. It's the nice last to see them, though. It's but. like, hey, get a little action in there. But the Badgers are just – I'm not talking about the guys at the end, 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 end of the bench who are just there to wave towels in big games. But it's nice to see, you know, when they dip into the bench, those guys look good. Like They look like they can – they can play 10 deep. Yeah. Which uh, is nice to see because a lot of those guys are freshmen with Tyler Carlson, Wall being a sophomore. Carlson looking pretty good, man. It's uh it's it's nice to see out there. Uh how about the starters though? Micah Potter had a sick dunk. Uh I Micah Potter is sensational. He has once the NCAA got their head out of their ass and finally let him play last year. What are the Badgers now? 19 and 5, I think with uh with Micah Potter now. Uh, being allowed, to, I, I think it's nineteen and five or twenty and five, one or the other. It was Brian Butch on the on the broadcast that said this when he was talking about some of the better teams in the Big Ten. He was talking about Iowa. He was talking about Illinois, and he mentioned how there's a lot of good big men in the Big Ten. A lot of teams in the Big Ten have at least one really good big guy, mm-hmm. but Wisconsin has two. They have Micah Potter and Nate Reavers, and he was talking about how that could be a big advantage down the stretch playing these teams like the Iowa's like the Illinois oh, no doubt. where they can have two guys basically going in and, and tag teaming the likes of uh, Kofi Cockburn or uh, Luca Garza for Iowa. And if one does Colburn, it's Colburn. Yeah, sorry. You're thinking about that story. Those are the weird Germany. There's the house of Cockburn. But it's like, even if one did happen to get in foul trouble playing one of those big guys, they can, they can switch, say, Micah Potter on them, yeah. or then Reavers could take over. And I think even down the stretch that Crowell, if he continues to play, right? he's a big body that looks like he should be playing there. He might even be able to give maybe 10 minutes in a Big Ten game when he's got a little bit more footing underneath him. Yeah, no doubt about it. The Badgers, I mean, he what that Crowell is a seven-footer. Seven feet tall. I mean, the Badgers got some length. But to your point about the starters, Micah Potter and Nate Reavers – Looking really good together. Here is Micah Potter talking on how they're uh, becoming more comfortable together playing. We were working on that all off season, so that's something that we're really trying to emphasize. And you know, using that size advantage that we have because we're playing two big guys. And and the nice thing is too is because we can both shoot, it opens up the paint for us. So if there's, if there's ever a situation where they try to double, it's a quick kick out for a wide open three, um, and we shoot the ball at high percentage. So um, it's definitely something that we're getting really comfortable with. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, for the well, Badgers. And that's much improved from the last couple of seasons, too, because, again, I think it was Brian Butch on the on the telecast was talking about how they slowed it down when they had a post-entry to Micah Potter. Yeah. And it shows, see, he, he collected here, he looked to see if the double was going to come, and then when the double didn't come, he's the one that took it to the hoop. And he just faces and the basket and just takes it to him. If the double would have came, he would have passed the basketball out of the post. Yeah. Well, that really wasn't a thing that didn't happen all too often when 
they had the likes of uh, Ethan Happ playing down low. Because yeah. remember, it all became a down low game. It was just game a Happ show. It was just because Happ was going to take it to the basket. And yeah. yes, he tried to pass out of it. And at times, he looked better passing out of a double team than others. But there were a lot of times where you were just shaking your head because it would just become a turnover. Either he would dribble it away and lose the ball or pass it to the other well that's why it's so nice to see all these seniors right the starting rotation all you know just seniors been there done that but I think that's experience that's one of the big reasons why this team really goes because you have guys like Brad Davison and Demetri Trice that can get open on the perimeter yeah when guys like Potter and Reavers get doubled but the ball wasn't coming out as much when it was being uh entered into the post when when guys like Ethan Happ had the basketball which kind of hurt some of the uh production from other players well, we'll stop thinking about three seasons ago and look here now as we're into the future. Well, I just like seeing the growth. Oh, yeah, same. And they also got big guys off the bench, too, you know, like Wall and like you're talking about Crawl, and you got, you know, um, excuse me, you got, you know, what, Carlson out there. He's six nine, seven feet tall. So here's more comments from Micah Potter on the big boys, tall, tall guys coming off the bench. Having guys like that who can come out and give us a spark because it's really tough when there's empty environments. I mean, honestly, I don't know if there'll be much of a home court advantage this year besides just the comfortability of shooting in your own gym. So without crowds. So um, being able to have those kind of guys is, is huge, especially in a year like this one. That's what I, is going to make the Badgers so good this year is you have all of the seniority with the starting lineup. And then you have guys, you know, like Wall coming off the bench who is, you know, dipping the toe for another year. And you got a lot of length. And you can see the chemistry out there and how deep this bench is as well. Badgers, as, you know, Potter was just talking about right there, no fans in the stands. You just have the, you know, being comfortable of shooting at your own hoops. The experience that the Badgers have with that starting five will be the reason why they have a deep run, you know, hopefully hoisting the Big Ten title and then a deep run in maybe the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA, you know, March Madness. It's going to be relying heavily on the experience of the starting five. I think it's the Badgers are primed, in my opinion. I think a lot of people can, I mean, the friggin' fourth in the country, primed to have a nice run, don't you think? Just because of experience alone yeah, in this think, weird season? I think every single Badger fan would have told you the same exact thing and had the same exact feelings going back to mid-March when the season got canceled yeah Wisconsin because they knew what they had coming back Wisconsin still owns the longest winning streak in the country what are they at uh 11 games now I, I think 11 or 12, 11 games now longest streak in the country uh now they have the Marquette Golden Eagles on their schedule I mean we'll dive more into this Thursday and Friday but here's more uh, from Gardo about Marquette yeah it's obviously in a different arena um you know their fan policies are the same they're they're not doing any fans or parents or anybody, there's a lot of cardboard cutouts and those type of things going on. So it, it really, whether there was, you know, 18,000 in that place or nobody, um, it's going to be about what's done in between the line. Marquette lost to Oklahoma State last night, the Cowboys. And they were supposed to have a better basketball team, though, this year. Yeah. Well, they Oklahoma lost state that is, and I mean Marquette still Marquette lost at home to still a, the Cowboys, a decent team. But they, I mean, they've lost some good players in this last year. Yeah, Marquette lost at home to the Cowboys, and the thing that you know we were talking about this in, six, in the oops, we were talking about this in the six o'clock hour. No idea what the hell that was, and um, looking at what happened elsewhere in college basketball out of the Big Ten, Michigan State. <laughs> Took down Duke. No Cameron Crazies. You know, Michigan State goes out there and they win. I The home court advantage thing is going to be put definitely to a real test for the Wisconsin Badgers who have, you know, the Kohl Center has been a magical place for the Badgers. They, they've always won there for the majority of the games. But I, I'm curious to see what happens when, like, a tough team comes into the Kohl Center. Yeah. That's why those seniors really come into play here. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I think it'll be obviously the best team that Wisconsin plays, right, when they play Marquette on Friday night Yeah, so far this season. Oh, yeah. Even with losing the likes of Marcus Howard, both Hauser brothers, mm-hmm. who, are, who are big contributors to those Marquette teams in the mm-hmm. last few years, they got to be – they're definitely 100% better than UW-Green Bay, Arkansas-Pine Bluff, Eastern and Illinois. Eastern Illinois. I yeah. mean – it's going to be the best team they face. Now Marquette did lose those three big names that were three big players for them. But they're still a decent team. Look at what they did to the same exact teams that uh, Wisconsin had played and dominated. They dominated them too. Yeah. Even in those two games, a little bit more than Wisconsin did. They played a 
a Oklahoma State team that's actually supposed to be a little bit better this year. Those were the rumors flying around down there in Oklahoma. Yeah. Hey, they had a loss. We'll see if they can rebound. We'll see if the Badgers can continue their winning ways and, and dominant winning ways. Yeah, so Michigan State goes and beat Duke last night um, on the road. But I'm looking at Wisconsin's schedule here. I mean, I, I'm excited to or interested to see what Louisville brings to the table next Wednesday for the ACC Big Ten Challenge at the Kohl Center. But, uh, you know, outside of that, whatever. Uh, then once you get into the Big Ten play, I mean, the Badgers will host Nebraska. They'll go to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. They'll host Maryland. They'll host Minnesota. And then you go to Penn State, then you host Indiana, then you go to Ann Arbor to take on Michigan, then you go to and you face Rutgers. You don't the biggest opponent at home is gonna be Iowa uh January eighteenth. You get Michigan February fourteenth. I'm sorry, Iowa is February eighteenth. I mean you don't get Michigan State is not coming to the Cole Center. No. Okay, so yeah, Iowa is your biggest task there. Uh Illinois is on the road. And then you get them at the end there, uh, uh, the twenty seventh of February. Okay, so yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin does have some some tough games at home, but more or less, it's uh, it's definitely winnable games for the Badgers. I'm just very curious to see what happens without the home court advantage, um, because I don't think there's well, it starts be any fans in the stands. <laughs> yeah, it starts Friday, man. So we'll see. Uh, here's one more comment from Gardo. You know, creating their own energy off of uh, defense here. What we did on the defensive end ignited us pretty well and um you know then we got into a little rhythm we got into a flow specifically there in the second half but like I said we'll have to continue to touch the post through everybody i mean trevor anderson even posted a few times tonight and he's the second smallest guy on the team so it was that was good to see but i was really happy with what how we were able to create energy off our defense yeah and gardo says uh he don't care about who's scoring which you know, let him talk. And we have things we got to get better at. And I, I don't get caught up in what the scores are or things like that with these games. I, I just really focus on every possession as I grade the tapes out and, um, you know, try to do everything we can to become the best team we can be. So some good things tonight, and but now we've, that's behind us and competition's obviously going to get a lot steeper. Yeah, no doubt about it. I like what uh, Butch was talking about on the, on the broadcast that uh... – all these guys, the starters, you know, seniors, all still want to learn, all still want to be coached, all still want to improve their game. Uh, Brian Butch was just crushing it uh, on the broadcast. He's good, man. I, I could listen to Brian Butch talk Badger basketball all day. What about you? Well, yeah, he's a guy that was in the program. He's been around now for, man, it sounds weird to say this, but nearly 20 years, 15, 20 years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Brian Butch, good stuff there. We welcome in the king of Wisconsin sports, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Zach, what's up, dude? Morning, guys. Are you still – how could you sleep last night after watching sure. that Badger game because it was so exciting? You know, I was, like, up all night thinking about that and the McRib being back today. Well, luckily, it was an earlier start time, so I didn't really have to – you know, I was able to cool down before uh, <laughs> that time. But, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the excitement, so exciting game. I think it went from – what was it? 11 to like seven to four or something like that, like halfway through the first half. No, I was, it, it was a little tough to watch at the beginning, but then Wisconsin turned it on and it turned into a 40 point blowout. Well, that was my thing. I was like watching the first, what, like 10 minutes of it. And there's, you know, Tyler walls, like traveling, there's turnovers. No one can hit the broadside of a barn. And I'm like, Oh my God is, has Will Ryan figured out the Badgers and he's stifling them. Well, then they couldn't do anything either. And then the, the floodgates opened. What? Zach, I mean, in that 10 minutes of, you know, them not really being able to hit a shot, but then the route was on, is that something we should be concerned about, about the no. Badgers? Or is it just like, yo, dude, it's it's Green Bay. They won by 40 points. Let's pump the brakes. I would say the first, I mean, the, the shot selection by Wisconsin early on was less than ideal, and Greg Gard mentioned as much afterwards. But, yes, starting one for six, he had four turnovers, including those, those two uh, travels by Tyler Wall. I mean, it was – it was an ugly first 10 minutes of the game. And then they started playing a little bit uh, even better on defense than they had been earlier. And it led to an offense that uh, started to explode, get even more open shots, and they started going down. And that's that's what led into, I think they finished the half on a 19-4 to run, and it uh, led into the second half. But it, it started with their defense. You know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't – Wisconsin, you're always worried because you've seen them go into extended droughts on offense through through the years. But – uh, they they seem to be bought in on defense, and once they do that, it kind of helps them offensively. 
Yeah, definitely. And that spark, I mean, I know Tyler, it was a Tyler Wall game per se. But I mean, everyone was having a pretty good game. I, was it Brad Davison that started the initial spark for the Badgers there to start that 19-4 to run? I would say it was Tyler Wall. Um, obviously, he did have those, those two uh, travels. Greg Gard brought him out and then put him back in. And he was the difference, man. I mean, 11 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two steals. And the 15 rebounds is even more amazing when you consider he had one rebound in his first two games combined. So he, he admitted that he kind of had to focus on that. But, yeah, you need a guy like Tyler Wall in that environment where there's no fans and you're just trying to find some way to, to get your team going. And, and his hustle and his hard play certainly was uh, that led to it. I mean, they had a, he wasn't the only one. I mean, I think, obviously, uh, Trevor Anderson was, was certainly a part of that. And so, yeah, Brad Davison is always going to give you that, that energy and that hustle. But it was Tyler Wall off the bench that I thought got them going. Yeah, definitely. Looking around, Zach, of this team, I mean, the, the, the starting five, incredible, of just experience and seniority, obviously. Um, Cole Center, different vibe, obviously. It's, you know, COVID-19, no fans in the stands. When it comes to the Badgers and having that home court advantage, I saw Duke lose to Michigan State at home last night. You know, usually the Cameron Craziers are going nuts. Uh, for any opposing team in there, that uh, do the players talk and Greg Gard? Do they talk about no fans in the stands? Is it weird for them? Is it you know, can they still rely on the Cole Center being a home court advantage, or just they got to trust their game? Do they talk about it? Yeah, I think they found that it's not going to be the case this year. Uh, there's not going to be home court advantage outside of being able to shoot on your own rims and you know come out of your own locker room and that kind of thing. Otherwise, there's there's not going to be a home court advantage uh, in most places. Uh, certainly in the Big Ten, where you're not going to have, you're going to have families in some places, but that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at Wisconsin, that's not the case. We can't get We can't go to De- get Demetri Trice's mom out there to start yelling at everyone. When they go to Michigan State, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when they go to Michigan State later this, what is it? Uh, later this month, perhaps. I think Michigan State that might be a possibility. I'm not sure. I'm not sure around the conference who's who's allowing. Yeah. Uh, families in or not but yeah. yeah that's a possibility right you get that little screech going on during free throws so <laughs> i think michigan state fans are probably or michigan state players probably used to it because they had um travis trice there for forever uh right. who uh, she also did that with but uh, i mean it, it, it's not going to be that way and, and you know uh i think quite honestly i think that kind of benefits wisconsin I, I don't think the cole center in most on most nights is a tough place to play in terms of the crowd, I mean, for the big games, for the big games, it is like Michigan, when Michigan State comes to town, or a highly ranked Purdue comes to town, or you know any ranked team that comes to town, it, it becomes a tough place to play. But in, in general, I think we can all admit that the, the crowd is, is is usually not exactly hyped up and ready to go every night. Yeah, but a lot of hands sitting. When Wisconsin goes on the road, and say if there are, I mean, can you imagine the environment on Friday night if Wisconsin goes in there as the number four team in the country and. Marquette, you know, unranked, but an opportunity to knock off a top five Wisconsin team, that place would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, and instead, it's not going to be. Yeah, I want to talk Marquette coming up for a, a quick minute. Also, you know, looking to Wisconsin football. But first, you know, looking at the, obviously the starting five seniority experience is going to go a long way without fans in the stands and, you know, in this weird year that is. But watching the game yesterday, I think did they everyone played, right, off the bench uh, for the Badgers. Looking at this bench, how deep is this bench, and can they rely on that bench if those seniors kind of go quiet in a big-time game? So far, they have been able to. I mean, they didn't, they didn't rely on it a ton last year. I think they had a season-high 28 points off the bench at some point last year. They had 28 yesterday. They had 29 earlier this, this year. They are, when it, when it comes to the bench, Tyler Wall, you know, Ben Carlson, Johnny Davis, Trevor Anderson, those, those first four off the bench, that's not too bad, and then you can bring Stephen Crawl in too. If the, if uh, Michael Potter or um, or Nate Reavers is is in foul trouble, you can play Stephen Crawl a little bit as well. So they, yeah, everyone got in last night, but that those first four, I think they can go nine deep. I don't know how often uh, they'll they'll uh, how much how many minutes Johnny Davis would get or how many minutes Ben sure. Carlson would get. But I think it's going to be pretty significant, um, especially for for Carlson because you know outside of Potter and Reavers, they don't they don't have any other true bigs, but. Yeah, it's it is as deep of a group as they've had, and I, I don't think it, the plate necessarily has fallen off significantly when they brought those guys into this point. I mean, Tyler was the best player on the floor yesterday, and uh, you know he played in just twenty minutes and did what he did. Yeah, uh, Tacador Sports Director Zach Heilprin. Zach, after the game, I saw you on your Twitter account, which is a great follow at Zach Heilprin. You know, uh, Will Ryan was saying, joking around, that he was 
told guard to take it easy and they didn't obviously winning by 40. What was it? What was the vibes like? I'm just for a social experiment, just cause I, you know, Bo Ryan's one of my favorite coaches. What was it like uh, watching the, you know, afterwards of Will Ryan talking about his, his team getting tuned up by the Badgers? Yeah, it was actually one of the first, you guys remember Bo Ryan was a croucher, right? He, he was in that baseball crouch on the sideline almost <laughs> yeah. all the time. And uh, I looked over on the UW Green Bay sideline right after the tip and, uh, Will Ryan right, went right into the crouch, so he's got he had that he has got that going. I mean, he, his team is he's not at obviously at the level of Wisconsin for, and I don't think that is really a shock. But yeah, he was uh, he was talking about um, how good Wisconsin is, but he also said that uh, you know his team just isn't at that level yet, and he was joking. I, I had somebody tweet at me saying that's not a really good way to talk about his team saying they really had a chance I, he was joking obviously to take it easy on them and um they obviously did not but yeah i mean it's it, he's he is not as long-winded and winding up storytelling as his dad is so i appreciate that oh what do you mean the bull Ryan stories are the best man you never know where they're gonna go uh, they're not great uh, after the game <laughs> you're like dude i just want to get home come on let's wrap yeah. this up here just give me yeah. the sound bite and move on all right speaking right. of moving maybe, on maybe yeah. he'll develop that by the ter- time he turns about 60 ish yeah give him time Zach. give him time Zach. Yep. he's cutting his teeth still all right zach mm-hmm. alpern sports director joining us thinking of moving on uh friday night at the pfizer forum the badgers will take on marquette marquette and their fan base i think uh obsess over wisconsin and uh their fans is Marquette a true rivalry for the Wisconsin Badger basketball team? Uh, yes, but I, <laughs> I mean, it is. Well, they say right in-state rival UW Green Bay. I'm like, I don't know about that one. Marquette yeah, would be no, the that, that's not that is not a rivalry. I mean, one team has to win more often than <laughs> once in in 30 years, which I think is what UW Green Bay has done. Um, Wisconsin and Marquette, it is. I don't think it's like Wisconsin's biggest rival by any stretch, but it is. It is a rivalry simply because uh, they're the only two D. They're only the two major teams, uh, D one major teams in in the state, and they compete for the same players yeah. often. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's right now. There's so few Wisconsin guys on that roster that it's it's hard to, <laughs> especially guys that Wisconsin was was trying to get. That it's it's very difficult to. Uh, get hyped up, but it, and especially this year. But Wisconsin, this is going to be a, a their test biggest test. Even though even though Marquette lost last night, it's uh, it is going to be a, a big test. Dawson Garcia, one of the best freshmen in the country, that they are going to have to to face, and DJ Carton, who uh, a guy was a top thirty guy in the nation when he went to Ohio State and then transferred there. They have they have some players. They're obviously trying to replace some guys as well. But uh, it's it's going to be Wisconsin's biggest test to this point, which isn't really saying a ton. Yeah, um, I'm just I, I finally Marquette fans breathe a sigh of relief because I can finally turn my attention to you after paying attention to the Phoenix. Now I can say, hey, now I can start talking a little smack. So there's that. All right, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens at the Pfizer Forum for the Badgers. I'm uh, expecting and hoping for a win. But how about Saturday uh, to? Change the page, turn the page a little bit here. The Wisconsin Badger football team will be hosting the Indiana Hoosiers. No, Michael Penix Jr. I'm a little disappointed that the the kid obviously done for the season and hurt because I wanted to see Indiana at full strength. How big of a game is this? Uh, a matchup for the Badgers with no Penix Jr. That's a huge loss. I mean, he was a breakout star in the Big Ten. Fourteen touchdowns, four interceptions. He was playing really, really well. And Indiana, he's. I mean, he was a big reason why they were at. Uh, where they are. I mean, 12, in, I think in the college football rankings, they're, they're 12. Uh, they're only lost to Ohio State. They came by seven points in a, what was, uh, it looked like a blowout, but Penix Jr. brought him back. It's going to be a tough test for Wisconsin. And, and obviously, Jack Tuttle is at quarterback for them now, a guy Wisconsin actually thought they had a chance at. And actually, uh, at some point, at one point, thought he was going to commit to them. Uh, ended up going to Utah, a four star kid, and then transferred to Indiana. He's a, he's a solid player. Uh, but I think the real matchup is going to be Wisconsin's. Offense versus you know Indiana's defense. Indiana has turned teams over as well as anybody in the country, and I think they got 16 interceptions. They picked off Justin Field three times. He had three interceptions all of last year. Yeah. So it's a it is going to be a test for Graham Mertz. It sounds like Wisconsin will have Kendrick Pryor back, which is obviously big. Danny Davis is kind of a wait and see. We might learn a little bit more about that today. Getting those two guys back would be huge. We saw what the passing game looked like without them, but. 
uh, yeah, the Wisconsin offense versus Indiana's defense, I think, is is potentially going to decide this one because I think Wisconsin's defense is going to do a really, really good job against uh, that that Indiana offense that without Michael Penix Jr. Yeah, definitely. Zach Halpern joining us right now. Zach, before I let you go, man, I saw there's a little stink in the air right now because the new college football playoff rankings came out and Ohio State uh, is still in there despite not playing. You know, last week, do you do you agree with Ohio State being in there as they should be? Uh, you know, fighting for a spot in the college football playoffs. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I, do you not? Do you, you don't think that? No, I think they should. The but teams? then I see the yeah. the ACC. I mean, Rowdy, what what the ACC do for uh, Notre Dame? Yeah, I think basically with the ACC canceling those last couple games, they basically are like, okay, we're going to try and get Notre Dame and Clemson into that playoff. Yeah, I mean, right. And essentially, it is. I mean, Clemson will have to beat Notre Dame, and then they both get in, right? Is that that's I, the that's the plan, right? Yeah, and I expect that to happen. Yeah, Zach, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. yeah. Assuming Ohio State actually gets to play. Well, that's what I was uh, going to ask you. If Ohio State doesn't even go to the Big Ten, let's say let's say worst case scenario, there's another game canceled, and Ohio State doesn't meet the threshold to play in the Big Ten title game. Do you think the Big Ten bends the rules for Ohio State to let them play in a Big Ten title game? Do you think they still, and if they don't, do you think they still put them into the college football playoffs? I guarantee those conversations are happening. Like oh, it's one for thing sure. for Wisconsin, it's one thing for Wisconsin not to get in because uh, they didn't play enough games. It's completely on a different level for Ohio State not to get in because how much money is involved in the college football playoffs and with you know teams not getting in? Like it, it, the difference between a, a Big Ten team getting in and a Big Ten team not getting in. The money difference is huge, and right now, it's all about money. I, I, the ACC did that for a reason. I mean, they they are hurting money wise, just like every conference in the country. Without the and their teams are hurting because they're not having as many fans in the stands. And the Big Ten, perhaps more than anywhere, where they're not allowing fans at all. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the Big Ten probably is certainly having a conversation about wanting to get its best team into the Big Ten championship game and giving them an opportunity to get that. You know, what would be what a, a, their sixth win, assuming they. You know, don't get to play yeah. all uh, all the games. Yeah, I think that conversation is happening. Do I think it's going to actually change? I don't know, man. They they've been so they had just have not been flexible whatsoever. But yeah, uh, I would be in favor of them changing it because we know that Ohio State's the best team in the in the conference, and and they should be the one that's representing the conference in the college football playoff. Okay, uh, all right, bear with me here. Wisconsin mm-hmm. Badgers they go and beat Indiana by like. <laughs> Like like they did in Nebraska, like a seventy to whatever game, just annihilate them, and then mm-hmm. they go to Iowa and just annihilate them, like by seventy points. Can then can you make the case that Wisconsin's the best team in despite not meeting the threshold and get in? No. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it, Heilprin! No. Well, a guy no, can it, dream, it, right? No. Here's the thing: if if they, you know, if the, if the Big Ten changes their mind and goes and, and lowers the threshold, um, and say Notre in say Northwestern. Loses to, to Illinois on, on the final day of the, of the season. Wisconsin wins their final two games. Wisconsin will go to the, the championship game. Um, I don't. I just, you know, I think it's going to be very hard for that to happen. I think Ohio State plays this week, and then Michigan. Oh man, mm. looking like an outbreak there. Stop you, it! You guys hear what Kirk Herbstreit said last night? What Herbie said? He said he Michigan said he had the waving the white. Michigan State is way, or Michigan was waving the white flag that they are that he expects them to cancel. Or expects them to, uh, yeah, cancel the game so that they don't have to play the Buckeyes because of their COVID situation. Wow! He said he said that on national TV, wow. and then he, and then and then put out a message on Twitter saying, "I'm sorry, I have no inform- I have no." Was he out, drink- was he out drinking up. with Todd McShay? <laughs> Perhaps, but he, yeah, he he was getting killed killed on social media, and then he went and apologized for it. It, but it, it would was, be uh, hilarious if that happened. It would be. I agree. Now, some some are saying that uh, Minnesota did that to Wisconsin, where they could have canceled earlier. They could have canceled the Purdue game and potentially played Wisconsin the following week. I don't necessarily buy that, but um, because PJ just trying to screw Wisconsin over and not have, not allowing them to even have a chance for the Big Ten championship game. But Zach, uh, yeah, Zach, you're a national treasure. We love you here. You are. You are. Sir. Hey, uh, Mick Ribbs back. Do you want me to get you one for lunch? I'm good. Thanks, though. You Enjoy sure? yours. You sure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of these days, you will take food from me. <laughs> See you, buddy. Probably not. <laughs> nice, talk, nice chatting with you. Yep. There he is, Thanks, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. <laughs>